Welcome back to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. I'm your host, Adam. And I am Aaron. And we are coming at you with another episode of the Keenan and Kel program, the 90s Nickelodeon sitcom. Uh, this one where we um, hail to the chief uh, in the line of Keenan, uh, episode nine of season one. Yeah, what a what an episode. What a what a very world expanding uh, perspective altering episode. Yeah, so uh, world expanding that Amazon declined to air it. This is not found on Amazon season one. No, uh, we had a uh, someone is doing uh, God's work and uploading Keenan and Kel to to YouTube right now. I I don't know how long the clips will stay up there, but. I have this one back from my old like bootleg DVD set from high school. I wonder why Amazon doesn't have this episode. Do you think it's because of the introduction part? Uh, the introduction part's a little, yeah, it's it's dated. I think it might also be the content of the episode too. Okay, we're gonna get into it. Don't you worry, people. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seats. The political climate in the United States today is well not very welcoming. It's more or less an all-out war, with two diametrically opposed factions scrapping it out tooth and nail, trying to obliterate the other side. But this isn't how it always was. The two-party system made sense at first. A balance between big government and small government seemed a necessary polarity in a world full of sliding scales and nuanced perspectives. For a while, the American political system was fairly effective. Something appears to have gone wrong, though, in the 21st century. These two factions started being bought out by private interest groups, companies who had their own agendas, and their biases started to show. Fueled by the separatist media, the factioned and fractioned behemoths started to show their true colors, that is, until one man, who was outside of this corrupt system entirely, ran for the highest office in the land. When elected, President Trump had the opportunity to burn private interest political system to the ground and create a new system that actually fought for the American people. Instead, he tweeted about how bad the Democrats were. He simultaneously became the most famous and most divisive elected official in the entire world. But how does one man become so powerful? Why is the President of the United States so important? Aren't there two other equally powerful branches of the United States government, the judicial and the legislative? How can one person change the world so much? Perhaps this was by design. Perhaps the Founding Fathers knew the importance of centralized command, Washington gave them a good example, and needed the leader of the country to be someone who represented the people, not private interests. Perhaps they wanted the United States to be run by a unified, competent individual, someone who was unfazed by the allures of instant gratification, someone with their head on their shoulders, who wasn't careless with their power but careful, who knew the power they had and didn't ever want it to fall into the wrong hands. Such a competent leader would never let delicate international affairs fall apart because of their carelessness. But for one slusho loving Elvis-adoring kiblitzer of a president, this is exactly what happens. The protector of freedom gives just a little too much freedom to his White House guests, Keenan Rockmore and Kel Kimball. Because of the mistake of a distracted president, the free world all but unravels in front of us. So we start off with a, an, an intro that 
uh, I'll have you know that the intro and outro to this episode ha- comments. <laughs> this is one of the few times where they have nothing to do whatsoever with the actual episode. Absolutely. But, yeah, like they, it's just it's very uh, disconnected. But uh, yeah, Keenan and Kel appear on stage wearing what can only be described as felt outfits. Felt, right? The, felt. F E L T. Felt. Yeah, like like they're Muppet characters. They, uh, Kel is wearing like a, a tan felt uh, shirt that has like some stripes going along like the shoulder seam ish, and Keenan is wearing a blue felt button down. <laughs> <laughs> like like short sleeve collared shirt that has a, a, a it's, it's light blue like paneling and then dark blue sleeves and trim <laughs> they should be careful next to each other or else they'll like get some static buildup. yes yes they definitely could <laughs> yeah it's it's a really weird look <laughs> but uh they uh proceed to uh keenan starts off and says hey everyone welcome to the show then Kel, Kel's like, let's let's uh, welcome the French people watching, and then proceeds to do the intro in French, or so we believe it's in French. Yes, uh, I. How's your French? Um, I don't even know how to say my French is not good. Oh, je ne parle pas français. That is, I do not speak French. Um, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyways we both clearly don't know whether we and, and i don't know about you adam but i did not write like take notes on what he said and translate it because no, uh, I, I, I zoomed in on some other parts of this episode that was not one of them but uh, honestly from my you know from to my ear he said it sounded like he did just the french versions of a couple words that we know yeah like it's not it's not off yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, it's not off yet. Keenan uh, does his attempt at uh, at Swedish. Let all the Swedish fans know, know that they're loved. Yes, and so then he, he blabbers on some just Swedish-sounding words. I really, really don't think that it's Swedish. I've never heard somebody talk in uh, Swedish. Yeah, I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that, hey, they're probably... <laughs> Like I feel like they had did their equivalent of Google Translate back then, and then they Keenan and Kale themselves like did no kind of like it was the nine it was nineteen ninety six these guys weren't paying attention to stepping on any like toes culturally or anything like that. No, absolutely not. Uh, to which uh, Kale uh, finally brings in the the jo- brings the joke in for a landing with his uh uh you know his Chinese. Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. How dare you? Japanese. Oh, I apologize. How dare you? <laughs> um, and uh, and then so after Kel goes and, and does his Japanese, which is very similar to episode six, the sweater, most sweater blues. Uh, yes, uh, where he makes a Chinese food order. Chinese, yes. Very similar style of just like... And then Keenan says in reply, did you just say, <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> oh, good. What a China Showa Koso. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's real. <laughs> no. And it, it's probably been mispronounced so many times between you and Kel and Keenan. <laughs> I'm deeply sorry. 
It's 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 nothing. There's there's way too many words between Keenan and Kel in there, and like their translations. Yeah, there there is there's too much happening. Um, it's it, it's a weird introduction. But anyways, yeah. um, yeah, I think Kel ends it with a good joke. He does. He does. He says, "Oh, aquí vamos vamos sonos advice." Oh my gosh. I can't read my handwriting. It's not. He is the Japanese version of "All Here It Goes." No, right? no, no. That's Spanish, my friend. That oh, is, Spanish. is it? That is so Spanish. <laughs> we are, we are not very. Um, what do you call it? Seasoned. Uh, aware. Aware. Uh, culturally seasoned. Yeah, I like seasoned. I have not traveled the world. Um, I, I have not given these languages enough time. Um, I am deeply sorry to anybody who, who may have found these past five minutes not so tasteful. Um, well, I, I also like uh, Kel's. Uh, he has a good joke where he says, Keenan, we're not done. What about the Canadians? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Canadians speak Canadian, right? Yes. Uh, time to get, get into Rigby's. So we open up to, to Keenan fixing the slusho machine. And singing the slusho jingo, jingle. Which comes up again in just a couple minutes. Anyways, so Keenan, uh, Keenan is fixing the machine, and uh, Chris is mad that he's singing the jingle. So, yeah. so do, do you know this jingle? Did, did you did you hear it? Oh uh, no! Can you please elaborate on it? <laughs> I it's kind of muffled, like the second half of it, but I think it goes slusho, slusho, a nicey icy treat, slusho, slusho, and then something something sweet. Which is not a good jingle in my book. Something very sweet, maybe? No, yeah, no. I, I mean, it's definitely not it's, a good jingle. Not even, like, a little catchy. I wish the writers had spent a little extra time on that. How dare they do this? How dare they make a bad jingle? The, Just this As is, I was having dinner earlier, I was trying to think of a better one. <laughs> Slusho. Um, anyways, Chris Chris is very upset that he keeps singing this. So Chris, um, and then Keenan says, it's okay, I just finished. And then he, he finishes up, and, and Chris goes to try the slusho machine out. And the slusho machine, of course, fires right in Chris's face. Gets mm-hmm. slushy or slusho all over him. Uh, and, and this is, uh, of course, how we start the episode. Yep. Uh, uh, followed shortly behind by an order has come in for Rigby's. The delivery man rolls in 10 cases of orange soda. How many cans of orange soda is that? Uh, 1,880? Uh, I counted 24 per, oh, per, 24? per case. Okay, so yeah. 240 it's, cans. Yeah, six across and four deep. Okay, I couldn't tell if it was four. Yeah, it does look like four. Yeah, a lot of cans of orange yeah, soda. Yeah, many. Many. Mm-hmm. Um, un- Unbranded, or is there... It looks like there is kind of a brand on it. <laughs> I think they made their own, like, kind of just dummy orange soda brand. I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah, uh, they... Uh, otherwise, they'd be, like, you know, giving Fanta just so much extra money. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, product placement deals. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, 10 cases of orange soda. And Chris is uh, very confused because he didn't order that many cases of orange soda or any orange soda at all. But, of course... <laughs> We know somebody somehow loves orange soda. Yeah, somebody loves orange soda and uh, somehow figured out how to place an order in to the Rigby store. Um, however, it worked back in 1996. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Kel rolls in and they uh, accuse him of doing such, and Ke- Keenan uses his Achilles heel 
of the orange soda jingle, an actual jingle. A real jingle. <laughs> a timeless jingle. To, to get him to admit that he ordered it. Or in Kel's words, I did. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. Is this the second time we heard the jingle? Oh, no. It's been... It's been three uh, times so many far? Many episodes. Really? So, f- yeah. so far? It was in the Cold War. Oh, was it? Yeah, Mo Sweater Blues. Oh, Mental man. telepathy. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it's, uh... All my episodes are blending together. <laughs> One of us has to keep track. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't have the spreadsheet. You do. Um, yes, I do. Anyways, well, Kel does, does, does love orange soda. And uh, and yeah, so... I like the delivery guys follow-up where uh, uh, Chris asks, do you want me to sign? <laughs> I do, I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good little wrap-up to this, to this opening bit. Uh, so, uh, what do Keenan and Kel do with this surplus of orange soda cans? They make <laughs> a castle display, or as Chris calls it, um, well, let me see, an uh, or orangatorium. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, which is a it's a pretty Im- <laughs> it's an impressive structure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a different structure. Definitely, uh, definitely creative. It's definitely not uh, real. <laughs> like, there, there's cans just, like, floating in midair. <laughs> like, they're, they're not stacked. So, I, didn't, I didn't even... Yeah, they are very much stuck together. Yeah, and uh, as we later learn, uh, in some of the wreckage that happens after they this Chekhov's gun goes off, uh, a lot of them look very empty and just kind of... Hey, hey. Uh, oh, we, but we didn't get there yet. For, for the purposes of the, the cannon, uh, these are 240 full soda cans. Yes, yes. So, anyways, Chris uh, Chris is he, he said something about finishing a sign. Did you catch that? Uh, yes, he, he's holding up a... Uh, he comes back with a sign that has the orange soda prices okay, on it. Okay, that's what I figured it was. It's an orange sign, so... Um, I, I couldn't make out the sign, though, but it would be so valuable information for the show. <laughs> knowing, knowing how much money they go through this episode, it would be it would be very valuable. Yeah, so I just have to spitball it. Yeah, I wonder how many ca- how many how much ten cases. I'm sure you have an estimate. It's in bulk, so there's probably a lot. Of yeah, that's price. true. That's true. That's true. Uh, but uh, uh, all of a sudden, a bunch of suited sunglassed men show up in in Rigby's. Yes, they uh they ask Keenan, who's behind the counter, who's in charge here. And then uh, Keenan and Kel do this, this funny little bit where they're like, uh, uh, Keenan is basically just like, I'm in charge. I'm the one in charge. Like, I'm the man. And then the 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 guy wearing sunglasses and an earpiece pulls out his uh, badge, and he says he is uh, Jeffrey A. Levinson of the Federal Bureau of Security. Yes, the FSB, as their later acronyms. FBS. No, no uh, Chris calls them the FSB because they're the Federal Security Bureau. It's, is it not Federal Bureau of Security? He's, they say both. That's, oh, the, no. that's the problem oh, no. with this. <laughs> is that, wait, what is it called? The people who to watch the president? <laughs> they're the Secret Service. It, neither of those are the correct name for them. <laughs> I didn't, they don't have like a, a special like a special fe- a bureau or anything like that? I, I don't believe so. Well, we clearly didn't do our homework. Um, anyways, they tell Keenan and Kel, and soon Chris, who, you know, of course, lets them know that he is the owner, um, and, and in charge, he tells them that the president is right outside. Uh, he was in town meeting with the mayor? How did Chris know about that? 
because Chris has a radio in his car. This is not the best. Not 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 a joke. No, it's not a joke. No, no, no. This is not a good Chris episode. Oh, I, I'm all behind that. I think some other people shine in this episode, but not Chris. Chris is not good in this episode. Um, he, he repeats this line, I have a radio in my car. Like, he's almost in a state of shock. Uh, but yeah. yes, no, they, uh, uh, they they get instructed to do what normal people do, which which Chris jokes that, does that mean kill us to leave? <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was a good one. Uh, but yep, then uh, the president arrives in Rigby's. Did you recognize the president? Um, I think the president was. It was like a definitely a play on Bill Clinton. Yes, co- correct. And that's not something I got when I like watched this as a kid. I did because I didn't recognize the president at the time, and I think by then it was uh, we're on to W. Bush. But yeah, no, that he he does a pretty uh, definitely a comical take. But he, I think he he nails a lot of Clintonisms. You know what's funny? Um, I'm looking at a side profile of this president. And he has a, a, I can say this because I have a big nose, but he has a pretty big <laughs> nose. It almost looks like they added a, like a little bit of nose to make it look like he has a longer nose than he does, which would be a sign that he's lying. Oh, it's almost like a jab, yeah. like a Nickelodeon like sly jab at the at the uh, the Oval Office. Yeah, no, but uh, he he, I think you're correct. He has a fake nose added. Really? Is, to make is him, that true? That's so yep, random. To make him look more cartoony, like a like a cartoony <laughs> version of Clinton. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, it looks like a wig too, gray wig. Oh, oh yeah. But I I didn't do my homework on this guy, but I I feel like he's like someone that they know that does a good Clinton. Right. <laughs> like the creators. Right. Of the show. Yeah. He's like somebody's pal. <laughs> Absolutely, and he uh, definitely um, does his job because Chris sets him up for the perfect delivery. Right? He he says, um, "There stands the most." Oh yeah, what yeah, is yeah. It? The yeah, most. Yeah. There stands the most distinguished, powerful leader of the free world. And he says, "Slushos out of my way." <laughs> yeah, and, and so he sees a slusho slusho machine. Oh, that's hard to say. And he uh, <laughs> and he walks over to it. And, uh, of course, Chris and uh, Keenan and Kel are, are kind of hesitant because they know that the machine squirts in people's faces. And, of course, there's press and there's people everywhere. So this would not be good for the president. But it, go, it goes over smoothly. Yeah, luckily, yeah. Uh, he gets a slusho. Um, mm-hmm. And then he... <laughs> I, were you bugged by the fact that they only got like a third of a slusho? He got only a little <laughs> bit in an open cup with the bendy straw. Very random. He, he seemed like the biggest fan of Slusho ever. Yeah, he got like a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, there's definitely. Well, it, it, I just find it funny because they had this, I guess, kind of a childish, uh, comical play on the president when, like, you know, there's, we we've fallen so far since since then. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine if, like, say W. Bush was the president at this time. How? Yeah. So. And then Keenan goes, oh, I, I just fixed that machine. And he goes, what is your name, son? <laughs> and Keenan replies, Key, Key. Nice to meet you, Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good joke. It kind of lasts the whole episode. Yeah, I, I, I love how, and that's continuous throughout the episode. Until they go to Washington, everyone in uh, that encounters the president are, is so like flabbergasted. Like they are at a loss for words. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so amazed to see him. And what? What does? Uh. How does? Uh. Cal answer the question. What's your name? Sharona. <laughs> yeah. Just 
<laughs> just Nothing. out of nowhere, <laughs> out of left field. Um, yeah, when it's time for Chris to, to introduce himself, he repeats the line that he already said. I have a radio in my car. Just just a real knee slapper gets... Yeah, really really funny, Chris. Um, you know what? I'm putting that below the chipmunk has pneumonia. That... What are you talking about? Chipmunk has pneumonia is like the best... That's like the best skit. I, yeah, I... I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, well, I'm saying that it's... Uh, in terms of lazy fill-in-the-blank jokes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad Chris moment. Anyways, so... <laughs> the president is then blown away at the uh the orangeatorium and he says what a groovy soda display uh to which keenan before any secret service before like uh, reacts before the structure itself shows any signs of of toppling over says mr president look out he runs around the counter and dives. And of course, there's no people between him and the president. There's just big open space. It goes slow motion so you can capture every detail. And Keenan, Keenan like throws a forearm in the president's chest, knocks him over. Everybody's so surprised. And then, of course, the orange soda tori- orangeatorium falls. And Keenan gets up. The hero risen from the ground and he has to go to the hospital because he is so uh, badly wounded by his heroic act yes um two things i want to note uh, you said they pushed the president out of the way did you see what his other elbow did no oh probably knocked down the orange <laughs> yeah <laughs> P- pretty much like clothesline the, the, the castle that's fantastic self-fulfilling uh, prophecy some would say um, speaking of which, though, do you, do you know what this means for Keenan? Um, Ke- I don't. <laughs> In reference to some of our previous episodes, Keenan has accomplished one of his life goals. No way. Uh, <laughs> Keenan, life goal number one. Save somebody's life. Save someone's life. <laughs> and not just anybody, he saved the president's life. It's pretty remarkable, Keenan, Kiki. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he climbed something really adventurous and he saved someone's life, so... He's two for three at the age of 15 on his life goals. Wow. Um, let this be known that doing it the Hemingway is definitely the most referenced episode, cross-referenced episode in uh, Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. Let me just let me just say. I, I agree. It's It's got some, some real richness to it's it. It's got some meat on the bones. We, we keep going back to it. We should. So we, we'll return to it again when Keenan professes his love to a girl. If that truly occurs, or uh, or Cal spanks a walrus, <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> um, anyways, so that's kind of the end of that scene. Uh, it was it's pretty funny, but you know, okay. Anyways, um, we uh, of course transition, and we see a, a great looking TV propped up on, on. You know, like I I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you you probably are familiar with this but you know how in classrooms they used to have like the tv on the platform in the corner of the room yep yeah the big old tube tv in the corner yep yep i miss those days but anyways (laughs) um yeah so it's a news report about the president's life being saved this is a neat thing that you might not know not a not a fake news report setup uh it's mtv news and that was the real mtv news like logo and anchor oh no way at the time yeah, Kurt Kurt Loader. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I I was reading up trivia and I found that really interesting. That oh yeah, because it looked professional, right? Like a lot. 
It did. Higher quality than, say, the slusho writing. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yes, they, uh, they they recount what happened in Chicago, how the president was in danger, and he uh, was saved by a, a teenager named Kiki. Yeah, only no, only known as Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Which cut to Keenan in the hospital bed, um, angrily shouting, My name's Keenan! Yes, um, Keenan has a special visitor come in that the nurse excitedly alerts him of, and uh, he said, and Keenan's mom says, No, he doesn't need any more visitors right now. He needs to get some rest. Again, I don't know what the injury is. Um, I don't, I don't know how pushing somebody over results in the need to be hospitalized over overnight. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it, it's got to be some kind of internal injury from being hit with 240 soda cans. Maybe, maybe, or maybe like half that, like a, you know, 120. I, anyways, um. Of course, the special visitor is the president, coming to coming to wish Keenan or thank Keenan for saving his life. I, I want to point out real quick here. Uh, we said earlier, not a good Chris episode. I think this is a very good episode for Keenan's parents. I I loved watching them in this one. Yeah, well, they were pretty uh, pretty comfortable for sure. Yeah, they they were having a, a yeah they're they're in the the nurses' room in the hospital room, I should say with uh, Keenan, and uh, they are also similarly flabbergasted when uh, the president arrives. <laughs> Roger says a really good line. He says, all right, everyone, P's and Q's, pretend like you've been somewhere before. <laughs> is, that, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, he does. That's, <laughs> I didn't hear that's that. That's the exact line. <laughs> so well, what, is P, kinda... what does P's and Q's mean? Uh, like, mind your P's and Q's is a way of that people say, of like, you know, act professional. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, oh boy. Yeah, the president comes in and like thanks. Uh, compliments their kid Kiki, and and to which Roger says, uh, "Don't back talk the president, Kiki." <laughs> yeah, Keenan tries to correct him. Oh yeah, that's that's funny. Um, also, when Roger tries to introduce himself <laughs> to the president, he he says, "I'm Cheryl." I mean, <laughs> and they basically just, "I'm Cheryl. This is my husband." Yeah, <laughs> he says the full thing. <laughs> just messes it all up. Yeah, uh, it, it, I like how his mom also like like tries to correct him, but is just like just laughing, like uncontrollably. Yeah, she's nervous laughing, like when she meets the president. It's it's a pretty good moment. Um, uh, so uh, the president has an uh, a an award for Keenan. If if accomplishing his life life goal wasn't enough, he hands him. Uh, a box and he opens the box he, he opens the box and he finds within it a medal of honor fun facts about the medal of honor and i want to get your, your take on this uh the presidential medal of honor is something that's awarded to members of the military <laughs> the presidential medal of freedom is what's given to re regular civilians oh no <laughs> so do you think um the president misspoke or do you think Keenan's a member of the army? I think the writers just kind of were were free free balling it. They just kind of went like, yeah, what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they uh, they didn't have Google at the time. I feel like this was like it was a long day of filming, and they were like, all right, we got to get this over with. And that was like the last scene. Yeah, I love how much this medal looks like a medal that I got for playing youth <laughs> soccer. <laughs> 
<laughs> except it, it really does. Except it has the the uh, I think it has like the the fist holding like a torch, you know, like uh, the, the Statue of Liberty on it. Um, but it's just a little <laughs> tiny metal. And then Keenan, it looks like a, a prop of a, an Olympic medal. It, it's it's not. It has like the red and white like striped striped uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it, it looks like it looks like neither of the medals I mentioned earlier. No, <laughs> for for the record. No. Um, uh, but what does Keaton read on the back of the uh, medal? Um, I didn't write it down. <laughs> I, I have it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, tell me if you notice what I what I noticed. Uh, Tikiki, thanks for saving my life. If you're ever in Washington, come by the White House and say, "Hey, your pal, the President of the United States of America." Way too long to fit on the back of a medal. Oh, 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 my God! Of course, there's. <laughs> that's like they give you like one line for the name, and that's it. And maybe like what it's for. <laughs> yeah, that that won't that wouldn't fit in a in like a tweet. How could that fit on? That's a- like that's like something you'd write in inside of a card that you gave with the gift, not on the back. Yeah, engraved on the back like of a eight medal. point fonts, just like. Insane, and the, the fact that he doesn't have even the, the name, he says the full thing. Your pal, the president of the United States of America. Just yeah, <laughs> it's it's so like a line in the script. Comma leader of the free world. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah. So, and then he, uh, I forget. I think uh, I think Kel starts nervous laughing too, and he says, "Oh, Sharona, you nut bar." Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the president often refers to people as nut bars. Yes, he, he calls people nut bars. Um, very uncomfortably. It's a very strange. Kel thought that, that gift wasn't enough. He's like, "Well, you like you got no no video games or anything like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Before the president <laughs> leaves, though, he uh, yeah. he asks Keenan or Kiki if he's going to finish his sandwich, and then he grabs his sandwich. Uh, there's sandwich and Jello on Keenan's tray, and then he grabs his sandwich and uh, and he says, "See ya," um, and and this. The president's a douche. Like he's just—he's just a jerk. He's just a this whole yeah. everything he do, he did. He like didn't—he didn't go like greet people and shake hands and look in people's eyes and and he just like wanted a slusho and he was like mesmerized at the orange soda castle and then he just he ate Keenan's sandwich and didn't even bother yeah. learning his name. So he's he's very uh he's a little like kind of a uh, kind of lightheaded airhead. Airheaded. Space cadet. It's kind of like an, an airheaded, like, um, doof. Perhaps like the current <laughs> president? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, again, it's, I, I, I question this episode if it was made today. What they would, what in the world they would do. It would have to be a fictional president. Yes. Uh, as I thought, as this was a kid. Because, yeah, that's probably why I was, was thinking. I'm like, nope. Yeah, the president isn't this much of a goofball. <laughs> This can't be a real um, iteration of the president. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Keenan ends with, "I can't believe the president ate my sandwich." Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, the transition to the next scene is is taking bites out of the screen. That it's like <laughs> they're eating a sandwich. That one was pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, so it's a month later. Keenan has recovered from his injuries. Yeah. The first time we saw such a long time lapse in Keenan and Kel. Oh yeah. Uh, we know that because um, Roger is talking about how the next day he has to fly to Washington, D.C., which in the previous scene he said that he's going to be there uh, for a conference in a month. Oh, we missed this part. Um, 
the other reason the president's a douche is because Mr. Rockmore, <laughs> uh, after Keenan reads the long engraving on the back of his medal, Mr. Rockmore says, oh, I'll be in Washington, D.C. next month. And he's like, maybe I'll come by. And he says, no. <laughs> and then he just takes Keenan's sandwich and eats it and walks away. <laughs> so he's a jerk. He's, he's a jerk. <laughs> he's a big jerk. Um, okay, so basically the way this scene unfolds is Keenan asks if he could go along to Washington, D.C. And, of course, bring Kel. Kel doesn't really want to go. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, he's like he kind of cites the, the medal as a reference. He's like, look, he said he invited me, even though... The medal, which he's still wearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, which, even though a month ago, he, he literally heard his dad say, like, it's shot down for wanting to actually go to the, the White House. No, it, it's, it's funny because he says... Uh, Keenan Hat right here, line of the episode... Which, because so many layers, we'll get into this. Like he says, "Yeah," and the audience which, laughs because they everybody they catch on, which is kind of funny. Yeah, because uh, just in general, like at that time. Um, like good, like good joke. Haha. The president's always, you know, yep. Uh, you know, Clinton later on went on to be impeached for lying under courts, <laughs> lying under oath. So in, in hindsight, that's also really funny. And yeah, uh, contrast that to the president nowadays who could continuous. Uh, so yeah, it just, that, that's a joke for the ages. Yeah. Timeless. Truly timeless. Keenan's parents are, are being real cool this episode because they're like, you know, they, they have an agreement and Roger ultimately is like, fine, we're leaving at eight o'clock. And like, yeah, he uh, indulges Keenan on this uh, quest to visit the president. Um, and Kel, Kel is hesitant because Kel is afraid of airplanes. Um, and Keenan <laughs> points out that Kel is afraid of everything. Pancakes, butterflies, Brazil. Um, no, wait. It's uh, I I got that wrong my first watch. Oh no! It's it's not Brazil. It's Braziers. Braziers. <laughs> yeah, the the, the nineteen ninety six uh, Nickelodeon way of saying bras. Oh, oh my <laughs> because goodness! Because Kel, uh, after every time Keenan lists one, he explodes more in like fear. Yeah, and uh, I think not <laughs> Brazil. Yeah, it could also be in a fill in the blanks there, but no, that's <laughs> a mad lib. That's the joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, now for the second half of the episode, the real, um, the crux of it. I I can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about the first part. <laughs> yeah. No. Because it... I didn't think there was anything in that part. I thought it was just horrible. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I have to, I'll get to my rating later. I don't want to be biased. <laughs> well, you, you can say that it's fine to say that you were disappointed in this one. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Anyways, the uh, the president of the United States of America, leader of the free world, is sitting at his ta desk in the Oval Office, which is the beginning of the next scene. Which I want to say, I looked up some pictures of the Oval Office, and this like must be like a set they borrowed from another show or something. Yeah, it's like pretty accurate. <laughs> It's really good. Like the alcoves are like in the right places, and oh, really? Like, they had to have borrowed yes. it. Yeah, they definitely did. I think the, the like the table in the center like lines up with where it was in the Clinton era, and there's a 
actually like a a, a famous Lincoln uh, bust, <laughs> like where the comical one is, uh, like supposed to be. So it, it's a uh, yeah. There's a uh, there's some canon behind that. That's good. That's good. Yes. So we get into probably the biggest, like the craziest moment of this episode, I think. Um, a the president's secretary uh, appears at the door. And te- or you know the front office managers something like that, and she says uh, that there's two people here to see you, <laughs> like like he's the, the boss of a corporation or something. Like he's yeah he's just sitting in his like in his normal office. <laughs> like like Luna Tuna had b- better security than this. <laughs> it's, it's it is it's like a secretary. They got into the White House. They they told the secretary. They convinced the secretary to go tell the president that he was there. The president says, I don't have anybody scheduled. And then they sneak up behind her and, like, burst into the room. Yeah, they, they just, like, yeah, exactly. The, it's funny. Like, the president is just sitting down. He has nothing to do. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you have nothing to do. He gets He gets the business in a little bit. I know. I know. Um, but yes, no, they... Being too critical. I, I just think, yeah, these two... Again, we, we're... Back to Hemingway. They were... We, we got mad when they, like, burst onto the, the front... The, the roof of the Sears Tower. This is this they, is next level. They just push into the... Into the president's... The Oval Office and grab the president in a hug. I mean, I know it's... I know it's pre-9-11, but, like, it couldn't have been that easy. Are you no, joking? No, there's no... There's no secret service or presidents have been FSB. assassinated before. They didn't even have visitor passes. <laughs> and, and and also with good reason. You're about to see the reason why why civilians should be this close to the president. Yes. 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 We're going to sh- we're going to break it down. The president gives them a little tour of the office. He's surprised to see them, uh, but you know, he recognizes them and he's like, "Why are you here?" And then he gives them a tour of the office. <laughs> Um, the first thing he shows them is the secret <laughs> passageway, the secret hiding spot, which is crazy. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Hey, here's a, you know, if there's ever like a terrible thing, this is where I'm hiding. How you get to there. <laughs> I'll tell you kinds of teenagers. Yeah. I'll tell you 15 year olds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also he goes in to demonstrate this is where you could hide out. And Kel <laughs> touches the book again. And closes the door on the president, nearly killing him. <laughs> he, he, they, they save the president's life early in the episode, which is a, a fun moment. But <laughs> Cal almost accidentally like smushes the president. And then, and then Keenan and Cal are, are trying to find the book. Which it, there's one red book on the bookshelf, and so they're trying to find the book to, to undo the thing so that yeah, the president's they, no longer crushed. And they knock off every book in the bookshelf, and then they they do it. And then, um, anyways, he he's free. Yeah, yeah Cal says, "My bad." And the president, says, "Yeah, that really was bad." Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty rough. The the fact that he doesn't like. Like turn turn on them like right then is, I mean he's kind he's kind of cool, cool. He's a jerk, but he's but like, like you know. Would you, I don't he's know. He's a take it easy president. <laughs> he's a take it easy president. Anyways, the the next thing he shows them uh, is a giant wood carving of Abraham Lincoln, uh, that was made by his wife, and it is very hideous, and they all agree. 
Yep. Uh, but how much is it worth? $20 million. Ooh-wee. An absolute butt-ton in today's currency as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then next to the, the bust is some pictures on the wall of the president with, with you know, some of his favorite people. Michael Jordan. He's in. A, he's sitting in the cockpit of an F-14. And uh, his favorite picture. Elvis. The day before he died. So when was this photo taken? Oh, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, this one, I, I pulled that one in my notes because I'm like, well, I know the day. Um, August 15th, 1997. Oh, no. Yep, that, that was when the photo was taken. But... I'm sorry, not not, not 97, 77. Seven, I was going. Elvis, like, Elvis died a long time I'm like, ago. What are you talking about? That does, Elvis <laughs> was not around in the 90s or 80s. Yeah. Um. Okay. I wonder what the president did before he was the president. Was probably just a politician. How did he get so close to Elvis? These are all questions that are not answered in this episode. No, and I I, I didn't look at the timeline, but I'm curious, 20 years ago. But it's a one-of-a-kind photo, and it's very valuable to the president. That's the important information here. So the the president then receives a call on the red phone, which, uh, do you know how, do you know what the red phone is, right? The red phone is like a big emergency. <laughs> yeah. Like nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> Like, something insane is happening right now. And he, uh, like, you know, for as goofball as he's been, he treats it, like, incredibly serious. <laughs> and he only uses, like, code phrases like, you know, there's a, is there a situation? All right, I'll be right there. And, and stuff like that. So, <laughs> something's going down. Yeah, something big. <laughs> and, yeah, he lets Keenan and Cal alone in the Oval Office. <laughs> just... Just, just by themselves, just, just meandering, <laughs> just, just, just looking around the office. Yep, that that is the setup for the entire episode, and now it's time for it all to just come crashing down. Yeah, so um, Keenan and Kel are like, hey, let's check out the, uh, let's check out that secret hiding place again. So they go back and, and they open it up and they go in. And uh, <laughs> did you notice the delay in in Keenan opening it? Uh, there, <laughs> yes, plays- there was a delay this time. Yeah. <laughs> He plays with the book once, and he plays with it again. Then it like slowly opens. Like, it's it's clearly someone manually opening and closing that thing. Yeah, they just like weren't paying attention, um, but uh, they, they didn't want to do another another clip. I'm telling you, I think this. I think this. It was filmed on a day where they had this borrowed set, and they were running out of time, and everything was kind of like going going crazy. Um, oh yeah, because uh, c- yeah, just the the president's interactions with the with Keenan Kell are so. I, so weird yeah <laughs> like he, he doesn't know what to do with them they don't know what to do with him <laughs> and like they just like doesn't the president know what to do when like people come to because vi- like that's like a normal thing like people visiting the president you know it's like that's that's pretty standard um yeah, there's there's tour guides in the white house like he what, can what I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, this is so. So the world of Keenan Kell is very small and intimate. If these two teens can just kind of get into the White House this easily. Anyways, um, as they go into the secret room, in marches King Daiko. <laughs> yeah, King Daiko, uh, from a made-up country island. Do you know? Do you have the name of that? No. <laughs> it's it's something that. That sounds wrong whenever I think of it. 
and because it's not a it's not a real place yeah uh um it's hmm. anyways the king barges in again no security <laughs> like the secretary is just helpless standing there like oh no i don't know what to do and then the, the king barges in and, and is like demanding money um, and saying that he needs to speak to the president now, and he sits down and says he's not leaving until he sees the president. Like this is not again, like like like, like I would almost expect that from like a tuna company or like some this is some not business, how but... this is not how the world operates. <laughs> like it's the president. It's foreign diplomats just barging in, like it, not. It feels not like announced. like a it feels like an SNL skit. It does. Or something like that. It does. Like, it, this guy is clearly wearing this, like, ridiculous costume. It, it, and note, note, it's a white guy with a beard wearing this, like, very foreign-looking outfit and, and and talk. Yeah, he's got, like, a like a, a cougar crown made of, like, cougar skin and, like, a sash. And, 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 and he's got, like, a scepter. Yeah, he's got a scepter. <laughs> literally they literally like walked like um to the orlando like you know or whatever it is like like the costume place and they're like oh that one and then they're just like use the most ridiculous accent you can he's like i am not leaving until i don't even know what the accent is yeah i expect him to have like a like a a crown and a red cape yeah it was really (laughs) like how many kings are there or or, yeah i'm like oh my god yeah but uh, that said uh versus the intro to the episode I like that they made up a place instead of getting somewhere wrong. <laughs> right? So that's So in the intro, what do you mean in the intro? Oh, uh it's like how they just, you know, oh, the, speak different oh, languages, languages and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yes, it was yeah, it was better. I think it's a little more culturally sensitive to make up a place. Yep. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, that, that that's a safe move. Yeah, so um anyways, Keenan and Kel walk out of the secret hiding place. And, uh, uh, and he mistakes them for, um, like, diplomats. Yeah, yeah. He, Even though they're 15 each. Yeah, the secretary says she's going she's gonna to send somebody in to talk to him. And, uh, and yeah, it's Keenan and Kel that enter next. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I am, I am King Daika. And, uh, and of he, the island of uh, Palak- Palakan or something like oh that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Totally not a thing. Well, anyways, demands money. He demands money, and Keenan and Kel are like, <laughs> like, well, what's up? What's up, King Daika? And, he, and he's like getting all angry and like and like yelling at him, and they get all scared. <laughs> do, do, do you hear what uh, Keenan said when he was like looking for money in his pockets? He said he said he had like three dollars. He said, "I've got about three thousand and seventy-five cents." Did he say that? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> to which uh, King Diker replies, Dashkut! Yeah, <laughs> just makes up words. We don't know what Dashkut means, but... <laughs> and <laughs> what does Keenan yeah. proceed to do? Keenan walks over to the bust of Abraham Lincoln and offers it to the king and lets him know that it's worth $20 million. And then the king is very pleased, takes <laughs> takes the bust, and runs out of the Oval Office. <laughs> like, this, yeah, is, and, and like, this is not... This is not even close. It's not even that funny. It's just so preposterous. Yeah, no. Uh, I This is, like, beyond suspension of disbelief. This is a really, like, where the, the episode gets 
in addition to the whole the president's attitude, just a total cartoon is going on here. I feel like they they had a better idea for the episode and they were running out of time. They're like, ah, yeah, okay, just uh, make this up. Yeah, uh, the more you say it, the more this episode really feels rushed. I'm telling in you, in a lot of ways, there's a lot happened. What happens next? I for, I forget. It's so it's so jumbled. Well, Keenan's like, I I I think I handled that pretty well, <laughs> which is. In- insane that he, he just gave away a two million twenty million dollars like statue um but yeah no he sits in the ch- in the president's chair pretends to be the president and like like picks up the red phone and says commissioner oh you nut bar <laughs> and on the red phone just like the nuclear launch code phone <laughs> yeah he uh but yeah no, he, he goes over he said uh he and Kel realize that no one's going to believe them that this happened, so they want to get a souvenir. So they uh, say, hey, let's get make a copy of the Elvis picture. Yeah. Which already pretty pretty dang criminal. Yeah, the only thing that the president cares about, seemingly. <laughs> that, and there's a, like there's only one copy of it. The president chose to not make other copies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they, anyways, they take this, this picture out of the frame, and it's so clear that this is a piece of computer paper. <laughs> it's like not even a not even a question. It has like a white trim around it. Like they didn't even they didn't even bother. Um, but then they, they take it over to a really uh, to a really uh, good prop of a of a copier, right? Yeah, it looks like a beautiful copier. Um, <laughs> yep. And so they 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 put the paper in the top, and then the, then it. The paper goes through the copier, you know, going, you know, falling down, and uh, and it's not a copier. It's a shredder. It's a shredder. <laughs> I wonder how many times the shredding gig was used in, like, like Nickelodeon and Disney TV shows. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I call it like aged in a bad way. Like, like, uh, it's one of those things where it's been overdone to death by now it's yeah. like I, yeah i i know it I, I can a couple episodes come to mind about how that was used better or more effectively or just just like as soon as shredders were invented sitcoms started putting them into plots yeah yeah it's like oh finally and something else we can use um anyway so now keenan and kel have a shredded picture that is the most valuable thing to the president of the united <laughs> states of america leader of the free world and they start like rapidly attempting to tape it together i i do think keenan and cal are very funny in this scene yeah it's a good moment i mean the scene's long but in this in <laughs> yeah. this part oh. of the scene uh yeah cal uh, says uh keenan this isn't a very good copy <laughs> <laughs> and then keenan yells why yep, fourth why for him of the show it, it, it's becoming an, an episode like every episode thing but now We've had a lot in a row, uh, but yeah, I, I like when they're taping. They're also singing like the the bone song. The bone song. <laughs> they're like, yeah, the hip bones connected to the. Oh yeah, the yeah. They're trying to tape it back together. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was really funny. That was a good moment. Um, uh, they overhear uh, the president singing the slusho jingle as he as he's returning. He's walking back in the room singing the slusho jingle, which and. and- yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he also sang it when he was getting a slusho in, in the beginning. But, um, mm, anyways, you might be right. Yeah. Uh, Keenan and Kel then do maybe the most illogical thing of this of the episode. Uh, they first try hiding and then like don't, 
<laughs> and it the scene ends with Kel crawls under the the president's desk and comes out the other side. Then Keenan does the same, but like gets himself underneath Kel's legs and then like rises up with Kel on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> like it's <laughs> how they got there. The, the image is very funny because it's them doing that in the Oval Office with the president arriving with a pizza. Yes, the, the presidential <laughs> that, that's pizza. A, that's, a, that's a very funny image, but just to get there, just it's so many loops. Yes, um, the <sighs> president has a presidential pizza with 14 toppings on it. Extra large, but it looks like a medium. <laughs> I don't know why. The, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. And uh, King Deka returns being flanked by like do a dozen secret service members apparently they are there protecting the president yeah or i'm sorry fsb members <laughs> fbs <laughs> I, either one uh but yeah that's the part i think is realistic is that there's like a dozen of them dealing with him <laughs> like like they must have like every extra that they had put on a suit and glasses and yeah it's a whole crowd yeah exactly exactly uh but yeah, they he like takes the statue back and shames him for taking it, and he blames Keenan and Cal. And the 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 diplomatic situation between their two countries is forever ruined because of Keenan and Cal. Yeah, whatever that relationship looked like, it's now it now looks terrible. <laughs> it must have been really friendly if if King King Dick could, could just like stroll know, on in, stroll into yeah. the Oval Office. Could you imagine, like, a foreign dictator or a foreign leader, like, arriving at the Oval Office unannounced, just, like, strolling up? Like, well, how do you even get in? Like, don't you need, like, you gotta you go through, like, you just walk I've got in. a theory. I've got a theory for you. In the same way that the president thinks that Keenan and Kel are two teens called Kiki and Sharona, maybe, maybe King Deka is, like, a crazy person. <laughs> maybe he's, like, someone else, like a, like a jander in the White House. That like that hit has tricked the president into thinking that he's and like other people into thinking that he's a foreign leader. That's possible. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. The uh that the crown kind of looks like a, a turban though, or, or like you know. So I don't know. I I, I don't. But uh, yeah, to wrap this up, uh, it, it the payoff is that um they're they're talking about the king as as they eat the pizza and and Kel says the the king isn't that what they call it Elvis. To get to remind to uh, remind the president of his picture to make him look at the picture in shock and horror, Keenan Cal grab the presidential pie and hide in the secret hiding spot. And that's the episode. And, and become federal criminals, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely criminals. They definitely destroyed property that belonged to the president of the United States of America, leader of the free world. Their, their only defense is that he thinks that there's some other people. That's true. He doesn't even have their last names. You yeah. So maybe maybe there's like a they're wanted criminals under different names. It's, yep. Very possible. Very possible. Would you say this is the uh, the most trouble they've gotten into so far? I mean, the air traffic controller thing was pretty bad. Yeah. That, I mean, like, that could have been... You, they could have gotten a lot of people killed. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. I, I mean, the, the, so the last two episodes have been pretty uh, pretty out there. Yeah. It definitely up there, ramping up. And I don't think we're going to get much higher than bothering the president. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the stakes are raised. 
and yeah, messing with twenty million dollars. So, uh, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, did you see the final uh, part of this? Episode, I did not or... because the YouTube video cuts it out. It's really, it's really bad. <laughs> Again, unrelated. They have no comments on the episode, and what happens is that uh, Keenan, um, like basically gets beamed up like in Star Trek. <laughs> Like Kel's like you know, oh, man. don't stress me out anymore. And then Keenan's like, uh, ready to be energized into a remote, and like a bad effect comes down on him. And then oh a bad gosh. transition as he disappears, and then Kel gets beamed up. Is he be- is he wearing denim or felt? <laughs> I th- I think it's a denim. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta mix it up. All right, let's move on so, to the uh, to the parts of the episode that uh yes, the analyzing uh, yeah let, let's let's wrap this thing up uh keenan and Cal have destroyed 240 cans of orange soda uh i mean it's like the president is destroyed it didn't uh <laughs> didn't repay them for that it almost killed him uh so that, that's the kind of damage that they've done to rigby's no orange soda drank believe it or not not a, not a drop wow but i mean yeah the uh the orange soda delivery was definitely a cost Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's uh, that's added to what they owe Chris. Uh, but yeah, again, Chris never—he he didn't seem to mind. He just kind of went with the flow. Yep. Uh, I I want to ask. So yeah, as, as usual, I want to ask you, whose fault do you think this episode is, Keenan or Cal? Yep. Good question. Good question. I guess Keenan, because I, I think he did more crimes. I think the episode is like pretty normal. I mean, he he just like. He's pretty innocent, honestly. He saves the president's life, and then he wants to go visit the president because he said he was invited. Um, but then the the whole like copying the picture thing, like that was that was that was where it all went bad. And, yeah, and just giving away a twenty million dollar yeah. presidential statue, so like, like a random stranger. Plus the the red phone incident. Let's just yeah, uh, Kel Kel's really along for the ride. I I want to say this. That's what almost maybe feels like it was filmed like earlier than some of the others. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, like, like maybe I I wouldn't be surprised if and just like the pilot like there's like a pilot scene that they made. Yeah, it's possible. And then added added the other half to the episode like sooner. That's possible. Uh, uh I I do want to say that this was, this was written by two guys, um, Paul Dell and Stephen Weiss, which haven't written any episodes so far. So I think that I. Uh, I get that vibe when it's kind of out of step yeah, with a lot of the other. It was. It was work. a little out of step. Uh, and they, I think, went on to write. Uh, no, this is their only episode that, that they wrote. So, yeah, you can see that they're not super close to the source material. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, because they uh, just threw in, like, the orange soda gag and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They, they got the one note that, hey, include orange soda. Yeah, right. Uh and finally, uh, three important things uh, we learned about everyone this episode. One is that Keenan, hey, has accomplished a life goal. Good, good stuff. Always a good thing. That, that, that's like probably the best payoff. Uh, Keenan has a now a presidential medal. Well, I'll, I'll refrain from describing what type of medal that is since there's conflicting information. Uh, an, an honor society medal that you'd get in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we learned that Kel is afraid of four things. Airplanes, pancakes, butterflies, and brassiers. Which is interesting considering the last episode where Kel landed an airplane. <laughs> I guess he wasn't on one, yeah. but... 
Uh, yeah, uh, he was he was afraid and stressed out in that situation. Don't get me wrong. Oh, maybe that caused it. A little PTSD. Oh, whoa. Yeah, you're. That's good insight. Maybe there is uh, a reason he doesn't like pancakes either. Hmm. <laughs> was it the was that an ingredient of the cold medicine? No, no. Are you kidding <laughs> no. me? How could you forget the recipe? Uh, but okay, yes. That's that's where we're at for the uh, the episode. All right, let's uh let's rate this thing. Um. In the line of Keenan. Oh wow. Uh, this is ranked very low on IMDb. I know why. It. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. I laughed twice. I think I was kind of amused, but it wasn't that good. Yeah, it's it's only got about a six point seven. Yeah. Um. My. I. I would give it. You convinced me to raise it, but I'd give it a five. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say four because it really. I was. It was just so much happening. But you know, we, we, this analysis, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it a five. I think it deserved a five. There was enough, enough subtleties in it. Um, yeah, I, I think you might have, you might have brought me down a little bit on the episode. Just uh, looking back at it and the things that occurred. I'm sorry. The, 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 no, no, it's fine. It's uh, the more holes that we found, the more, the more kooky it seems to get. Uh, I, I, I mean, when I was watching it, it was just like, uh, okay, very interesting. <laughs> classic like going out of your way to save somebody important and then i don't know whatever yeah i i liked it better than a couple other duds this season so i'm gonna give it a six okay it's kind of right between mental telepathy and doing things the Hemingway. yeah i don't know i just got a different vibe from this episode i think it was the writing um yep uh, hey uh, that, that means you're really like in tune with keenan and Ke- I you're am. A good oh sense my gosh I'm, I'm a critic <laughs> you, you know we, <laughs> yeah you know when things are when things are i off. am a critic uh, okay, uh, so but next next time we're back to Amazon for the, the following episode. Wait, what is it? And uh, we we've watched this one before uh, recently. Oh yeah. Uh, di- uh, dial O for Oops. <laughs> episode ten. So I I think this is a, a better episode just off the bat, right? I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Uh, and uh, I I also want to say next episode's gonna it's the, the the winning writing team's back. Oh good. Uh, Kevin Coppolo and Heath uh, Seyfert. What have they written? Uh, doing things at Hemingway and oh, good. Most sweater blues. Oh, yeah. they're back. So. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm excited too. So uh, thanks for joining us, Fantas, and uh, we'll uh, make sure to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you, what you thought of this episode. If you thought it was a dud or if it was your new favorites. We'd love to hear from you. And as they say yep. in Mexico. Oh, aquí vamonostros. I'm so sorry. Vice. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can send us an email at keenancalpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash keenancalpodcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at keenancalpodcast. 